Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On Wisco Legacy, we talk to inspiring Wisconsinites to hear all about their life's journey. Today, we're joined by John Reeder. John Reeder is the associate head coach for the Wisconsin Badger wrestling team. He's been in Madison for about four years now. He came from South Dakota State with head coach Chris Bono, who was episode two of Wisco Legacy. So if you're interested in Wisconsin wrestling, go check that one out. Coach Reeder and I talked about his wrestling career. We talked about some time at Iowa State, winning the NCAA title. We spent a lot of time talking about the Wisconsin Badgers, what makes Madison special, and the team this year. Uh, Such a fun group to follow along. Really young team this year. Really excited to see where the Wisconsin team is going to end up this year and in the future. And with that, we'll dive into episode 19 of Wisco Legacy with the associate head coach of the Wisconsin Badger wrestling team, John Reeder. Guys, hello. My name is John Reeder. I'm the associate head coach of the University of Wisconsin wrestling program, and this is my Wisco Legacy. All right, Coach Reader, I'm fired up for this conversation today. Welcome to Wisconsin. Dude, are Legacy. you as fired up as I am? I'm going to try and match your energy. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. So I want to start with getting into wrestling. What what brought you to wrestling? So I I grew up grew up in a very blue collar family. Um, I had an older brother and a younger sister, and just two parents that were collegiate athletes and and really just instilled a, a hard nose, hard work ethic, um, never quit type of tech, that's how I was raised right and um, you know how I got exposed to the sport of wrestling my dad actually played division one football at Indiana State and it's it's a I want to preface this because it's, this is how I got exposed um, so I've, so I've been told so my dad played Indiana played football at Indiana State and he was a big lineman and um, this is the same era that Larry Bird was playing basketball at, at Indiana State and uh, this is the same era that Bruce Baumgartner was his having a legendary NCA career at Indiana State at the same time. So my dad didn't didn't really have any history with wrestling. And one day the wrestling coach came out to the football team and said, hey, uh, you know, we're looking for some big guys. We don't have enough bodies for Bruce to just wrestle with. Will any of you big guys come out and, and, and let him, ro- you know, you guys rotate it on him? And my dad said he, rose, he raised his hand and, and uh, you know, he went out to practice with four or five other his buddies and, he said that was the last day he ever went to practice, but uh, he said he just he fell in love with the sport. It was just there was something about it that he was drawn to the physicality, the the, the mentality of the sport. He he was always had an extreme appreciation for the sport. So fast forward, um, obviously he had having two sons of his own. My older brother is two years older than me, and you know naturally he was wanted us to probably you know lean towards football. But they were always my parents were always very very supportive wherever our passions were. They were going to give us a million different opportunities to pursue those um so we did start out in the pop warner footballs the pop warner baseballs and you know just getting us exposed to any sports we could but um it wasn't until you know we were in pop warner uh baseball and my brother and i were on the same team and we weren't the best of athletes at that age i think our attention span was was part of the problem and um so the coach always stuck us way out in the outfield in in, in t-ball right the ball is never going out that far and uh, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, most most baseball games, the two of us were fighting or wrestling or, you know, doing something way out in the outfield. And, and it just, lo and behold, there was a local wrestling coach there. His name was Julius Medina. And that, that guy really changed my life when it came to the sport of wrestling. He came up to my dad and said, hey, I'm starting a, you know, a youth program here in, in, in town. Would you would you bring your boys out? They look like they, they would be right up, this would be right up their alley. And my dad said, absolutely, um, I'll bring them out. And. You know, to this day, I'm extremely appreciative of that youth coach because the impact that he had on me as a young kid and how he made it, um, I was excited to come to practice. Uh, you know, his time, I felt like it was 100% focused on those kids when we were in there. And now, being a father of my own and taking my kids to different sports, I can just see the disconnect. And, and there's, you know, some, some kids are real, you know, excited about a sport, but it comes from that, that teacher, that coach, that you know, is let them let them fall in love with the sport. So, in a roundabout way, man, I came I came to the sport from playing a t-ball games, sitting out in the outfield, fighting with my brother. Nice. You know, wrestling is a unique sport. Uh, it had the most impact in my life. I was a multi-sport athlete too, and it's just an incredible sport. What makes it? What drew you to it specifically when you were a kid? Why did you continue with it and and all that? Well, I think you know, as a young kid. Um, I did have, uh, you know, kind of a quick, um, 
you know, I, I found success pretty early on, even in the youth sport. So it, all of a sudden it became very enjoyable for me. But I, I think that, you know, at the, at the time, um, when I first got involved in the sport, it was, it was something about, you know, my coach made it so much fun for me to come to practice. I couldn't wait for school to get done for me to go home and mom and dad to take me to youth practice. I just couldn't wait, you know, and, and, and there was something about being able to control my own destiny and control my own outcome and, you know, having my parents that, that, that was what they preached day in and day out. You give your best effort, you listen to coach and you go out there and have fun. And that was, that was my only, only expectation. So when I went to practice, I gave my full effort. I hustled every time I could, you know, get to practice. It, it was all hundred percent effort. And, and I quickly started to see results from that. And, you know, again, I was very, very fortunate to have parents that gave me opportunities to travel across the country and, and go to these tournaments and uh, but no doubt about it it was it was something about being able to control my own I didn't have to rely on anybody else on a team I didn't have to you know throw a ball to somebody that guy drops it and now we're, we're losing or something like that it was just you know you work as hard and work as smart as you can and and, and, and have fun and learn to learn the basic skills and, and and you know you really control your destiny sounds like you had a really great environment around you growing up who are some impactful people you had around you besides well, your family hands down it was 100 percent my mom and dad and i give i give a complete credit to my mom and dad no doubt about it they are uh they were the two individuals that gave me absolutely every opportunity to succeed in my life and, and to this day you know they're just extremely supportive of anything that i am um, doing they're you know still giving me advice. I'm 34 years old and my parents are still giving me wisdom. And um, when you have that kind of support around you, that it doesn't matter where you are in life or what, what you're chasing, they're always going to sit there and support you and, 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 you know, in whatever way they can help you, they can help you. But uh, my dad and mom were athletes themselves. So they understood and they were collegiate athletes. So they understood, you know, the commitment, the discipline, the passion, the, the, the dedication that it took to get to another level. And, and they said, listen, you can be in any. You can play any sport you want. I don't care what you do. If you want to be a pianist, if you want to be a chess player, if you want to be a wrestler, football, baseball, fill in the blanks. All I expect from you is just to listen to your coach, give your full effort, and have fun. That's all I care about. That's that's it. And you know, as a young kid, you know, hearing that from your parents, and you know, it's not like ah, oh, you got to go win this tournament, or you're not going to the next one, or something like that. And that's not how that's not how I was raised. And, I had two parents that were extremely, extremely supportive. And like I said, they were extremely selfless and they gave me and my brother and my sister every opportunity to be exposed to high level coaching, to tournaments across the country. And, um, you know, like I said, their own needs were at the back of the line when it came to me and my siblings. And when you got parents like that, that's, that's extremely fortunate. I know not a lot of kids, you know, not everybody has those kind of opportunities and so uh, again, just very fortunate. And then secondly, just you know, looking back on on my youth career and where things could have went differently if I if I was exposed to a different youth coach. And his name was Julius Medina, and it's somebody that I still to this day have an extremely close relationship with. And I started wrestling when I was six years old, and that's when I first fostered that relationship with this guy. I was six years old, and the impact that he made on me it was almost like an extended family member, and somebody that when I was around him, I could feel like he valued my time just as much as I valued coming to practice. And it wasn't, you know, in between in him teaching me a move, he goes and sits on his phone at practice. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was, you know, this guy had a full-time job, a family to support, and he started his own youth program while having a full-time job. And then on top of that, would do youth practices at nights, four nights a week. And then after practice was done, if kids had questions, he was sitting there for an hour, an hour and a half explaining technique. And in today's day and age, I feel like, you know, that's, that's very unheard of. You know, that's an extreme passion to help others and uplift others around you. And, and um, like I said, if I could go back and, you know, what happens if I didn't go to that club or I, my dad wasn't exposed to, you know, having that opportunity to bring his sons to that club, I don't know if my career would have went a different way. You know, I, I fell in love with the sport because of the passion that Julius Medina, Coach Medina gave to me. And, and he made it so fun for me to come to practice. And I can't emphasize that enough. And now, like I said, having kids, that's, uh, that's, that's the same thing I, I preach to my, my daughter and my son is just listen to coach. I'm here. I'm dad. I want to be dad. I'm, 
go listen to coach, give you full effort and have fun. That's it. And um, I, I just hope and pray that the, the coaches that my kids are exposed to, um, they value those kids' time and, and, and give their whole heart and soul into the, to teaching those kids because these are the kids of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you've taken the lessons you learned when you were a kid and translated that into your coaching career now. You can see it with your social media presence, how you how you are at, at dual meets and tournaments. You can see that passion throughout. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the passion that I, I, I put on social media, that's 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 truly me. You know, I, I wear my, my heart on a sleeve. And, and again, it really comes back to my mom and dad. These are just the things and, and the mentality and, and just the mental approach that my mom and dad every single day when I would wake up, you know, I would, I would come down to the breakfast table and my mom said, you know, little things, this is going to be the best day ever. Or dad said, just, you know, go have fun, attack it, focus on today. You know, th- those were, those were things I heard every single day. And, and, uh, just a positive, upbeat, um, mentality is, is something that I was born and raised around. And, um, I'm very fortunate to be in a position now where I'm, I'm coaching at the university of Wisconsin and, and you feel extremely grateful to, uh, rub that off on on the, on on my athletes and, and you know in our staff and and it's always about how can we get better as a cohesive unit and how can we uplift these athletes to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to fast forward a bit. Uh, you were a highly decorated wrestler in high school, one of the top wrestlers in the nation. Uh, want to talk about your recruiting, uh, your recruitment to Iowa State. Okay. That's where you ended up and. Um, can you talk about your recruitment process and were there other schools that you're interested in or was it always Iowa state? Yeah. So it, it's funny, right? So I'm actually coaching here now with coach Bono, obviously. And in the two of us actually built our relationship prior when I was getting coached in high school. So it's really a surreal and, 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 you know, a really cool moment. The two of us started our, our, our relationship really initially, I was a junior in high school and he was an assistant coach at Iowa State underneath the legendary Bobby Douglas. Um, and, and Kale Sanderson was the other assistant coach at, at Iowa State at the time. And, and that's really where I first initially built my relationship with Chris was, you know, a couple phone calls here before he actually transitioned to being a head coach at another university. But um, I always grew up, again, I have I, just very, very fortunate and grateful to have a father and a mother like I did that, you know, even the most subtle of things, you know, you know, they would purchase the Win magazine, the USA Rackets Wrestling magazine, and um, that would always come to the house once a month. And being a kid who kind of really idolized those athletes, just like any other kid would idolize or look up to Michael Jordan or, you know, fill in the blanks, I was that kid that was bringing those USA Wrestling magazines and, and the USA Wrestling magazine. And, and as soon as they would hit my, my mailbox, I would cut out pictures. And I would put them in my in my room, all over my wall, and it would be pictures of guys getting their hand raised in the NCAA finals, or you know, winning the U.S. Open, or winning a world title. And it, you know, in that time frame, Iowa State was having a lot of success. They had you know the, the Kale Sandersons and the the Joe Heskits and the Chris Bonos and the Dwight Hensons and and on and on and on. And uh, you know, so I kind of had this this natural attraction to that program because I was I had a lot of their pictures all over my wall. And, um, you know, so when time came that I got, was starting to get recruited and, uh, again, I go back to my father. I, I went to every single tournament I could possibly put my hands on or be involved in all through high school. And that was credit to my mom and dad, you know, getting laid off or getting off work late on a Friday and driving me to anywhere in the country to, to help me get that opportunity to, to number one, be seen by college coaches and, and to, to wrestle the best competition I could get. And, uh, when it came time to be recruited, Iowa State was one of my very first phone calls. And it was Kale Sanderson and, you know, him coming off his Olympic title and the run that he had. Again, it was like a surreal moment. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, it came down to, I had five schools that I visited. It was, you know, Iowa State, obviously, Oklahoma State, Minnesota, Virginia Tech, when Tom Branch was at Virginia Tech, and uh, Nebraska. And, uh you know, I took my visit to Iowa State, and I quickly found that that this is the place that I, I truly believed I could be the best version of myself. And and it was again around a very positive staff, a staff that believed in me, and I believed in them. And when I was going through my recruiting process, I didn't necessarily, I was not, I, 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 I actually, I should say this, I was not looking for a business transaction, so to speak, if you understand what I mean. 
I was looking for a relationship. I was looking for uh, I was looking for somebody that was going to be a millionth percent behind me and believed in me and around a team that had really high goals and, and understood the purpose of you know being a student athlete and um, they wanted to win and I, and that's that was my mentality. I wanted to win. I wanted to be on a team that wanted to win. And uh, when I got to Iowa State, I, I felt like that was the place for me and um, was very grateful to commit to Iowa State and. Um, you know, my parents were extremely happy and, you know, looking back, it was pretty far away from home, right? And, and now having kids of my own, you know, I hope one day that they have the opportunity to stay close to home. And But they were extremely supportive and said, listen, this is the place that you feel. It, was, it wasn't my, their decision, it was all my decision. And they said that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be a man and this is going to be your, your, your first tough decision because this is going to now – this is going to take you in a path that's going to lead you down where you feel like you're going to be the best version of yourself. And when I made that decision, I wholeheartedly made that decision and I didn't look back and um, I got to Iowa state and I put my head down and, and that's all my, my parents told me. They said, go there, put your head down, go to work and you're going to have a great career. And uh, I did. And I went there and I just, I tried to give my best effort every single day to, to accomplish my goal of being a national champ. And that's something that from a very, very young age, my dad always would turn on, ESPN and we would watch the NCAA finals and I'll never forget, you know, maybe 15, 16 years old, I looked at my dad and said, I, I want to be a national champ. Oh, someday I want to be a national champ. I'm going to be a national champ. And, you know, he would always tell me, you put your head down, you do the work, you do the work, you, you, no, the, no limit will be put on you. And uh, I went to Iowa State and I, like I said, I felt like this could be the place that would help me be in that position to win a national title and uh, very lucky to have accomplished that at the end of my career. And, um, truly loved my my entire my entire career at Iowa State, both as a student and as an athlete. I met my wife there very first semester at school, and um, you know, just very grateful to have built the relationships and, and been exposed to the people that I was exposed to. And you know, being a student athlete at Iowa State, uh, I took a lot of pride in that. I took a lot of passion and to represent the the Cyclones, and I have lifelong friends and supporters at at uh, that I still talk to to this day, and like they're they're like family, right? When I went there, I, I dove in both feet for uh, both feet in, and, and and that's that's really who I am, right? I either go as zero or a hundred percent, and and you could tell pretty much all the time I'm at a hundred percent. And um, so when I got to Iowa State, I, like I said, I jumped in wholeheartedly and, and attacked it, and um, just very very grateful for for everything that that uh, I was provided at, at at the University of Iowa State. Yeah, relationships are huge, uh, especially in that transition phase from high school to college. A lot of people have, they struggle with that transition. You know, as a collegiate wrestler, you're coming into a new environment with new coaches, new teammates and things like that. It's a tough transition on top of school and all that. Being away from home, it's definitely challenging too. But you had some great role models. Coach Bono was there. Kale Sanderson was there. Um, You had a whole bunch of other coaches and, and people there to help support you. Yeah, not, a lot, not a lot of people understand this, but actually I, I tell the story a lot and I'm actually very, very proud and very, very grateful for the experiences that I went through at Iowa State because it, little people know this, that I actually went through three different head coaches when I was at Iowa State with a multitude of assistant coaches. And um, when you look at a student athlete's experience at, at a university, majority of the time it's five years, right? Well, mm-hmm. I went through five, or three coaches in five years. And that is unheard of when you talk about, um, you know, most of the time when you get recruited, it's going to be that, that staff that's going to follow you through your career. And um, so I got recruited by Coach Douglas and, and, and Bobby and, and, and Coach Bono. But when I transitioned from my senior year in high school into uh, Iowa State as a freshman, that transition happened. Coach Sanderson took over, which I, you know, the, the 99.9% of the recruiting process was through me and Coach Sanderson, and that's really why I was going there. And uh, so when I got there, he brought in his staff, which is his current staff at Penn State. So I had those guys for three years, and then going into my junior year, that's when Coach Sanderson was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go to Penn State. And uh, he, he, he transitioned him and his staff and his family to Penn State, and um, I was fortunate enough to have another opportunity to ex- be exposed to a, another legend in the sport, and that's that's Coach uh, Kevin Jackson. And I had his staff, which actually, uh, in a roundabout way again, this is where Coach Bono came back into the store, and he was an assistant coach again at Iowa State. And uh, like I said, I was very, very fortunate to have three of the most 
legendary coaches in, in the sport of wrestling as my head coaches, and then a multitude of just extremely talented assistant coaches and, and relationships that I've, I've built with each and one of those. You know, Tim Harton, one of my closest, closest dear friends, um, you know, and just a, a, a legend in his own right. And uh, like I said, those experiences, I needed each of those at the right time. And, you know, I picked, I picked each one. I picked each of their brains and I got a little bit from each of them and, you know, and everything kind of fell in place in my senior year. And, uh, I, I, I truly believe I was blessed and grateful to have that opportunity. A lot of people would look at it and be like, man, my college career was, was terrible. I had so many transitions. No, I, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. And I'd do it all over again. Yeah. Great learning experiences to get all those different perspectives from those legendary coaches. Yep. Um, a couple of years ago, I was at the Penn State Wisconsin duel where you honored Coach Douglas, and uh, I could see the connection that you and Coach Bono had with him, and then the connection you have with Kale Sanderson. Can you talk about the impact of those two specifically? Well, uh, you know, obviously, I've got an, an immense amount of respect for both both individuals. Coach Bobby Douglas was was you know. He sat and broke bread in my in my kitchen as a high school junior, and and, and believed in me, and um, told me I was going to be the best version of myself. And I built a great relationship with him, and 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 you know, very very grateful to have spent the time and and learned from one of the most knowledgeable guys. I, I promise you, he's probably forgot more than he knows. Um, you know, he he knows more than he's probably. I don't. He, he, he's a he's a wizard when it comes to wrestling. But Kale Sanderson, I just built an extremely close friendship with him, and it was somebody that I could go to any time of the day uh, for anything. And you know, to this day, you know, I'm 34 years old. I was a high school 18 year old kid when I when I first was this athlete. You know, and just the relationship that we still have to this day. You know, I'll get a random text here and there, and just he's asking about how my family's doing, or you know, how how are you doing, you know, in life and you know, to have those kind of genuine relationships with somebody, that's what it's all about. And that's why I went to Iowa State was for the relationships. I'm a relationship guy. I'm not a transactional guy. This is this is genuine. When you come to the University of Wisconsin and you're underneath, you're a, you're a student athlete in our program, you're going to build a very, very strong relationship with your coaching staff because we believe in you and we want you to believe in the program and the staff that you're around. And, uh, you know, again, that's what I was all about because if you have that relationship, you, you, you're, you're so much, at least for me, I was so much more willing to fight for somebody that, that believed in me and I had a relationship with, I was comfortable around. Um, and I want that same relationship with my athletes. And that's, that's something that I put a lot of pride in is making sure that I completely understand my student athlete when it comes to, you know, what makes them tick in and out of the room, what things are going on. And they're like, I'm in tune with what's going on at all times. And uh, that's, again, just very fortunate to have been a student athlete to, to Coach Anderson and, and Coach Douglas. Yeah, you're certainly cultivating that culture here in Madison. Um, so you were a three-time All-American, uh, national champ your senior year. You faced some adversity your junior year, lost first round at the NCAA tournament. Uh, can you talk about losing that, not becoming an All-American that year, and then taking yeah. that and propelling that into your NCAA title? Well, I think I think that this is one of my greatest moments in my in my college career. I, I really do. And a lot of people are like, well, you're crazy. You won a national title. Why would you say that to your number one? Because of this, Corey, this this was this was the moment in my career where I needed I needed this moment in my career to really light light a fire that was I, I've never been more passionate in my entire life about accomplishing a goal and being the best version of myself when I got knocked down to the very, very bottom of of uh, the barrel, so to speak, and have to really truly look in, in, and see how tough you really are. You know, what are you all made of? What are you made of? And, and really dig deep, and and, um, and that's what I had to do. So to preface it a little bit, my junior year, I think I was a top three seed or something like that in the NCAA tournament. But before that, in the Big 12 finals, I was wrestling a really tough opponent, and one of my great friends to this day is Nick Marable. He was wrestling at uh, Missouri, a very, very tough opponent. We got into a really crazy scramble at the end of our match, and uh, my knee, my knee kind of uh, buckled, and my MCL was torn. And uh, so it was very, 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 uh, it, you know, unfortunate. Right at the end of the match, and um, you know, it was like 10 seconds left in the match, and that happened. And you know, 
I had to lead into the NCAA tournament without hitting my knee, without wrestling one second on the mat. I didn't, I didn't touch the mat for one practice uh, leading into the NCAA tournament. I did all bike works and, and, and tried to really just cross train as best I could and keep my men, mental, you know, side of things, you know, in check. And um, I wrestled in, in the first round of the NCAA tournament against a kid named Chris Brown from Old Dominion and. Uh, Chris is a very tough opponent, but uh, I truly believed I was supposed to win the NCAA title that year. And uh, you know, my back it up. I was I was my sophomore year. I lost on six seconds of riding time in the NCAA uh, semifinals to make the finals against the guy I had beat. So that next year, I was already motivated and ready to go. And um, got to the NCAA tournament, and I was you know really walking on one leg. And uh, got there and couldn't hit a knee. Obviously, I didn't hit a knee once. So I got to the NCAA tournament with a you know big old knee brace on. My knee, my whole leg was taped up, and uh, you know didn't get things done. I lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and I'll never forget. I, I still have those uh, I still have those flashbacks of hearing Sandy Stevens on the intercom saying you know big first round upset. John Reeder goes down, you know first round. You know I was one of the top seeds, right? And it just blew up in a, a you know a route for some of those guys to make the NCAA finals. Well. Uh, I made it all the way back to the round of 12 against a guy that, I, I don't know, I wrestled him in the all-star duel that year um, back when they did the all-star duel and was beating him, you know, by 12 or 13 points in, in the in the match and made it back to the to the blood rounds, the round of 12, and, and ended up losing to that guy. So was was just a really, really unfortunate tournament, but it was something that I'm extremely um, grateful that happened to me because I'll never forget, again, sitting in the stands, Watching the NCAA final, I had beaten both guys that were in the finals that season, and and I'm not even on the award stand. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I promise you, with everything I have in my body, I, this will not happen next year. I'm going to be on top of that podium. And it was my mission. You know, obviously, I did a lot of summer wrestling, so obviously, with a knee injury, I, I committed myself to making sure that my body was going to be healthy in the summer. So first and foremost was getting that knee healthy. And I rehabbed that, got back, and it was a quest to, you know, it was a mission to just how do I get back up on that on that horse, so to speak, and, and really attack my goals. So, you know, I got healthy. I made the University World Team that summer, and that propelled me into, you know, making the University World Team, it propelled me into having, you know, training opportunities and, and different things out at the Olympic Training Center and, and, and being around a, another group of high-level wrestlers. So I trained all summer long, made the university world team, um, and that propelled me into my senior year where I felt, I said, you know what, I was at 165, I was cutting too much weight, and I, I really truly believed that that was probably one of the factors that caused injuries, right? You know, mm -hmm. dehydration, your ligaments, whatever, you get in a bad situation, you know, all of a sudden you got injuries. So I said, I'm going up, I'm not cutting any weight my senior year, I'm going 174, I'm going where I feel like I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm going to come into practice. I'm going to be extremely passionate about getting better and not worrying about my weight. And that was my that was my deal. And again, it goes back to my mom and dad. I'll never forget my senior year. Every single day, I would get a text message from my mom and dad and just say, you know, it'd be just be a uh, you know positive, you know, attack the day, win the day, you know, you, you know, just very very uplifting messages every single day. And um, I had so much fun my senior year, and it flew by quicker than. It quicker than than um, you know any of the years previously, and it was just one match at a time. And how do I go out there and score points and dominate? That's all I cared about. And really, I was on a mission to prove I was better than what I what I had showed in that junior year. So I went, you know, I don't remember what my record was, but I wasn't on the podium my junior year. And ultimately, it kept me away from being a four-time All-American. And there's only been so many of those guys at Iowa State. And um, again, I was on a mission to prove. All the people in my support group, my you know the people that supported the Cyclone Wrestling Club and and and, and that program, I I, I uh, wanted to let them know I was better than what I showed my junior year and went out my senior year and was fortunate enough to go thirty nine and zero and win a national title. What was that feeling like? Getting your hand raised? It was surreal, right? It was surreal. There was just so much emotion, and, and really, when people ask me really what that feeling was, it was almost like a numbing. You know, it was like. Uh, it was almost deafening in the moment, and it's something that I want our guys to experience because it was so much. It was going all the way back to when I was six years old. It was going all the way back to when I started watching the NCAA tournament when I was 10, 11, 12 years old with my dad, 
and, and, and telling them I was going to be a national champ. It was all those emotions packed into one little 10-second celebration at the end of that match. And, you know, it wasn't just celebrating that one win. It was celebrating years and years of, of dedication and living to a standard of wanting to be the best version of myself. And um, when you set out for that kind of a goal and you set those kind of standards for yourself, when you do finally accomplish that goal, it just busts out of me. And, and, and the passion really – and I, I was never that kind of guy, right? If you watch any of my other matches, I, I would never celebrate, you know, because I expected to win. But that that uh, that finals was like no other because, there again, the, the, the trials and tribulations and, and, and the things that I had – the valleys that I had to come out of, especially that junior year, there was – there was a lot of, of uh, there was a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and a lot of anger, and a lot of, of you know, why me? Why did I have to get hurt? And you know, coming back on a vengeance, it was it was uh, a very satisfying moment for me, and a very satisfying moment to look over in my corner and see Kevin Jackson and see my coaching staff extremely excited for me to accomplish my goals, and and then it was more, it was more of a of a a happy moment for me to go to my mom and dad and say thank you for all the opportunities you've given me since I was six years old. Um, I couldn't have done this without you. Yeah. Adversity builds champions. Absolutely. All right. So that also led to one of the most iconic pictures in NCAA wrestling history. The head wrap on your, on yeah. your face and blood pouring yep. down. It's pretty awesome. Um, so you spent some time in the freestyle freestyle circuit, uh, but then shortly after that, you ended up getting into coaching. Um, what was that transition like? Uh, your your identity essentially changed once you stopped competing. Um, you know, a lot of people struggle with with that identity when they're when they're done competing in sports. I had yep. John, Jonathan Orr, a former Badger receiver, on a few weeks ago. He runs a company called Athlete Transition Services, where he talks to people about life after sports. And wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah, you guys should because it's a real thing. It, it is a real thing, Corey. And I and to be honest with you, I I, I struggle to this day because I I am 34 years old, but I still think I'm 18, mm-hmm. and um. I still think I can I, I, I can keep going, but and I do right. I wrestle, run, and lift with the guys every single day. But obviously, things have changed, and um, there there is a day where when when you turn the page and it's not about you anymore. And and I'm completely okay with that. And um, kind of talking about my transition from being a competitive athlete into being a coach, um, I, I kind of went around it the the hard way, so to speak. I uh, so to back up, I graduated college in 2011. And that was when I directly went, I actually had a coaching role right at my university, my alma mater at Iowa State, right out of college. And I was a volunteer coach. But really, honestly, I had zero responsibilities when it came to coaching. I just showed up to practice and, and worked out and, and, and helped those guys as, as best I could when I was in town. But the majority of my time, I was probably over at the you know, Olympic Training Center or overseas competing and training in, in different training camps and being exposed to as much as I possibly could. And um, that was really my role. So I didn't really have any coaching responsibilities. And once I got a taste of being an international athlete, going to these things, I started to feel like, well, I got third at the uh, the World Team Trials. And I was like, I'm, I'm this close. I just need to dial it up. I need to turn it up one more notch. And I'm right there. And, you know, a surreal moment. You wrestled your former collegiate coach, Gail Sanderson, in the World Team Trial Finals to make the World Team. Um, it's kind of a kind of a weird deal, right? But I felt like I truly felt like I was right there, and I I, I just needed to dial it up, maybe be a little bit more um, specific in my freestyle training and be exposed to just full time wrestling and in freestyle. So I said, you know what? Um, I had I, had, I talked to Coach Kevin Jackson. I said, you know, where where do you want me to go to be a full time athlete? And he said, you should go to the Olympic Training Center and 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 do that do that route. So I did that, and I lived there for a year and a half, and. Uh, I was I was training, you know, to win a world Olympic title. And I think the very first week I was on campus, I tore my ACL, tore everything in my knee, and um, again another tribute, another valley where I had to. I'm like, hey, I just moved out here. My goal is to be, a, you know, on the Olympic team, and I just blew my knee out completely. And uh, you know, building myself back up from that from that injury, and you know, again being back at the uh, 2013 World Team Trials and. The 14 World Team Trials, and I was at the 14 World Team Trials, I believe. One of the is either 13 or 14, and uh, I think I got third or fourth at the World Team Trials. Didn't accomplish my goals, and as you know, in world and Olympic 
teams, there's only one guy that goes per weight. And so if you're the second guy, it doesn't matter. No one, no one remembers that guy. And, uh, you know, I'm not real proud to say this, but I was living at the Olympic Training Center with zero uh, insurance, zero health insurance. I had a wife, you know, our, our uh, fiancé at the time, and uh, we were looking to get married and eventually start a family. And I had zero health insurance. And that's just that just shows kind of the selfish, you know, mentality that I was, I was so focused on winning a world Olympic title, making a team and, and doing that, that I didn't care. I, I didn't think I would ever get hurt. And uh, so Coach Pohono actually called me after the working trials in 13 and 14 and said, hey, I've got a coaching position, you know, and he kind of talked to me. He's like, dude, you know, what's your future? You know, you're getting second, third, fourth at the working trials. What are you doing? Uh, do you have health insurance? And I explained that I didn't. And he kind of slapped me and said, you know, you got to start thinking about your wife. You got to start thinking about your future kids. And that's not that's not the, the smart and res, you know responsible thing to do. And uh, he said, I got a coaching position available. He was just getting back into coaching, and you know, he's at South Dakota State. And he said, you know, why don't you come out and take a trip and, and, and check it out? And I said, absolutely. And as you know, our relationship, we're extremely close. So I said, I'll come out there. Um, and I'll, I'll just come out there and in my mind, I'm thinking I'm not starting my coaching career. I'm, I wasn't yet ready to give up on competing. And, but in my mind, I was like, I'll come out there out of respect for, for, for the guy that I built a really, really strong relationship with him and his family. I'll come out there out of respect, but he suckered me in and I got to South Dakota state and, and fell in love with the passion that he had. And as you, as you know, he's just as, as firing and as intense as I am. And uh, when you, there's something about passion and, and intensity and energy in, in the right direction, um, you know, and all in and passionate about your goals. And when he kind of laid out what his vision was for his program, and uh, I was like, I'm all in. I told my wife, we're moving to Brookings, South Dakota. And she goes, what? Where is that? You know, and, uh, you know, I, I cut my teeth in Brookings as, as a real, that was my first real coaching position and, and I'm very fortunate and grateful to have went to South Dakota State because it's a different university than, than where we are here. Um, a, a excellent university, but it was just differently, um, you know, you had to wear a lot of different hats when it came to coaching that program. You know, for, for a couple of years there, Coach Bono and I were the only two on staff. So you had, you had to be your fundraiser, you had to be your social media, you had to be your ticket guy, you had to be a whole nine yards when it came to um, running that program. You know, whereas here at the University of Wisconsin, we've got many people in each of those departments that that help alleviate those those things. So, uh, you know, we got there, and again, like I said, I'm very fortunate we went there because I, I learned very quickly um, how to do things and how to how to be a better coach because I I was thrown into the fire, so to speak, and you better you better sink or swim. And uh, you know, I'll never forget the very first time I set foot on campus. He said. You know, this is something that Coach Bo, Bobby Douglas did to him as a, as a as a very young coach. He said, "I want to see, I want, I want to know what your passions are when it comes to coaching." And I'm like, you know, I'm a very, I'm a first day on the job. You know, obviously, I'm a people guy. I love to be around people. I love to talk to people. I love to build relationships. You know, get me out on the road, and I'll I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to whoever. Um, just get me in front of recruits and their parents. And I said that I think I truly feel like I would be, I would excel in recruiting. And he said, all right, you got full control. you got 100% control over recruiting. And I kind of looked, and I'm like, uh, you know, how do you, how do you do that? And he said, nope, this is how you're going to figure out how to recruit on your own. You're going to have – because this is what Bobby did to me, and this will teach you your own system. This will teach you to learn to recruit. And, 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 and you know, it was very tough at the very beginning, but, you know, it, it's all about being genuine, about building relationships, about trust, and uh, being passionate. and um, you know, everything that I look for as a student athlete, I try to help those kids. You know, and I've come a long way in the last 10 years of coaching, but I truly believe that's where I excel is, is being around people, being face-to-face, -face, building relationships, and um, let them be exposed to, you know, that kind of energy they're going to feel here on campus. So um, that was kind of my first coaching experience was at South Dakota State. and uh, we, have, we haven't stopped, man. We've, we've been together ever since. Yeah, Coach Bono was on episode two of my podcast here, and he talked about the experience at South Dakota State and yeah. just the difference between South Dakota State and, and Wisconsin is pretty big, but it was an incredible experience to 
really get the whole a holistic look at how to run a program and, and you learned a whole lot there so really great Absolutely. experience so what was that uh transition like then from going from south dakota state into wisconsin was there any reservation for you to head into the big 10 i know it's a challenging conference no, to, zero zero yeah. so I, I i was all in um you know obviously i got offered to, to take that job over at south dakota state but my my vision in and kind of uh, goals for myself, and, and especially they're aligned directly with with Coach Bono and, and you know his own personal goals, and that was to be put ourselves in the best position to win a national title. And there's only so many universities in the country that that have the resources, that have the capability of doing that. And there's that's just history. That's if you look back at the history books, you know there's a there's a handful of, of teams that. That, uh, that are winning the national titles. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done, but I'm saying to put ourselves in the best situation to be national champions, I truly felt that being at a Big Ten program, especially like the University of Wisconsin, we were going to put ourselves in the best situation to do that. So when he got the phone call and he looked at me and said, should we do this? I said, dude, you better go there and you better come back with that job because uh, we're going. And uh, I was all in. My wife was all in. Uh, you know, We were all in from the get-go. So... I'll never forget when he took his his, uh, his recruiting trip, so to speak, to, to Madison, and he obviously you know was respectful on his trip and didn't have his phone on, and um, so you know you had like a 12-hour window of just dead silence where we didn't hear from him, and I'm you know I'm pacing around, you know me, I, I, I'm intense and I, I I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and I'll never forget that phone call, and he said I hope you I hope you were uh, serious about going to Madison because we're going, and uh, it was just uh, it. it the excitement and and uh, and it's something new and it's it's it was it was everything that we had got into coaching. This is why I got into coaching because I want to be the best version of myself wherever that takes us. My passion is to be the best version of ourselves every single day and put ourselves in that position to do that. And I truly feel like we can do it here. Um, so when that when that that reality came that we were going to Wisconsin, I was like, man, this is why I'm in coaching. This is why I have so much passion because I want to see how far we can take this. You know, I want to I want to continue to uh, you know impact and, and uplift these 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 kids, and now I'm going to be able to do it at an even bigger program and even bigger resources. It's world class education, world class athletics in in a very unique and, and incredible city like Madison. It's it's just uh, a dream come true. Yeah, you, you're in year four now. Yeah, year four it went yep. fast. Oh it yeah, fast. hard to believe. I remember I remember when I I saw Coach Bono got hired. I was fired up for sure. Um, yeah. Can you talk about, there was a culture shift that had to happen when you guys came in. Can you talk about trying yeah, to. You bet. And I, I'm very, I'm very uh, open about this. And, and, and this is something that, um, you know, any coaches or anybody that's listening, you know, your culture is your most important part of your program. The culture of your program only goes as far as the, the, the culture that the, the leaders built. Right. So when we first got here, my perception of the university of Wisconsin was, we're at a Big Ten program. We're going to have 30 guys that are going to be all in. They're going to just be itching. They're going to be crawling to, to train and, and, and attack school and, and do everything that you ask them to do. Well, we got here, and it was completely opposite of what I anticipated. And um, and that's not being right or wrong. It's just there was 30 guys that we didn't recruit. I never built a relationship with. I didn't even know their names. They didn't know who I was. And that's not – that's no nobody's fault. That's, that's – um, but for me – you know, when I stepped foot on campus, I, I truly believe those were our guys. That we signed up for those this job, those were our guys. And I did our very best to build those relationships. And But change is hard. Change is hard for anybody. I view change as a good thing. I love change, and I, I, I embrace it. Uh, and a lot of people, they're very hesitant and very, you know, they resist that change because, it's, again, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, and, and a lot of people don't want to feel that uncomfortable Um you know, come in and, and, and now having a different set of expectations, expectations that you weren't recruited on, um, that's very hard for some individuals, you know. So we came in, we set a baseline culture, um, and it was a, a radical change, really. And, and, you know, our program is built on your best hustle, effort, and attitude every single day and everything you do, whether it's your social life, athletic life, or academic life. I'm never going to guarantee you that you're going to be an NCAA champ or an All-American, but I'm going to put you in the best situation to be the best version of yourself. You know, and, and one thing we do at the very beginning of every season is we set our goals individually 
and I want to hear your goals because I'm going to set you. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. If you tell me you want to be a national champ, a world Olympic champ, I'm going to set you accountable to those goals because there's a standard that you have to live by. If you want to be a national champ, a world Olympic title champ, there's standards. Or you want to just put that Wisconsin single on because those are different standards, right? So when we got here and we held people to standards, we held them accountable, or we put in a standard of just giving your best hustle effort and attitude, that was a big change, right? So um, no doubt about it, there was a huge culture shock uh, when we first stepped foot on campus, but I'm very, very confident now, four years uh, later, that we have 33 guys on this program and in this program that are extremely bought in. They love their teammates. They'll take their shirt off for their teammates, and, and they'll do anything for, for this program and for this community, and they understand that they're in, in one of the most unique situations at this part in our life to have a platform to not only you know uplift and, and mentor and inspire young future athletes, um, but they have a they have a duty to give back to their community here in Wisconsin, and we have a lot of passion about that. And uh, you know that that was again, a, long story short, very very uh, dramatic culture shock when we first stepped foot on campus for both for both parties really mm-hmm. for both parties and. Um, I'll never forget, I remember on the first couple of days, you know, obviously, you know, you're going through all the facilities and you're going through all the resources. I'm just blown away at, at, at what this university provides for its student athletes. And I'm like, we're going to do it. We're going to get it done here. I, I can't even believe what we were recruiting against when it came to, you know, our previous institution recruiting against an institution like this and its resources. I couldn't believe it. And, um, you know, we just knew that it was going to take time. Obviously, there's no overnight fix. But it, you know, you, you eventually over time, you're going to continue to get those guys that believe in what you believe in, and they believe in, um, you know, best hustle, effort, and attitude, and the way they treat people, the way they give back to the community. And, and over time, if we just keep doing the right things, like my old man used to tell me, put your head down and do the work. Eventually, things will come out on the other side. And and uh, very, very, very uh, grateful that we went again through those hardships. You know, I've only been in coaching about ten years, and those first two years have been. They were the hardest two years of my coaching career, but I knew if we just kept doing the right things and continue to passionately attack those each day, that it, it would turn out all right. And, and uh, we're there, man. We're, we're 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 on track. The culture is is in place, and we're just building every day. We're worried about one day at a time. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. I mean, you see it all over social media. You see it at the dual meets. the The dual meets are way different than they used to be. You got mat side seats. You got the lights down low. Uh, the energy in the field house is phenomenal, and that comes from you and Coach Bono, Coach Gross, and the team. It's it's so fun to see. Yeah, the energy that that that's that's what we want. You know, we want our guys to be passionate. We we tell our guys to be passionate when they compete. Um, they deserve it. They deserve it at the end of that seven minutes to, you know, get the crowd excited, be passionate. We, you know, we live passionately in this program and we coach passionately. We lead passionately. So, um, again, just very grateful to, to be at this university and, and have the resources and have the support, have the, the athletic department support that, that we do. And, um, you know, we're right on track. We've got hefty high goals in the future. And we're, like I said, we're just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. So you talked about there's a lot of resources at the university. What makes Madison special? Well, I think it's the city. I think the city sells itself. When you come to the University of Wisconsin and Madison especially, um, obviously we're in between two beautiful lakes. It's called the Isthmus. So our campus is, the, is right smack dab in the middle of two beautiful lakes on each side. But the really cool part about this city, Corey, is that it's, it's extremely diverse. It's anything you can possibly think of, whatever you may be into, Whatever crowd you want to run with, we have it in Madison. I bet you we have five of them, you know, and, and we have everything you could possibly think of. If you want to be on the water and doing water sports or listening to music, live music on the terrace, or you want to be in the woods hunting, you can do that with all a 10-minute, you know, you can drive 10 minutes and be in the woods or you can drive 10 minutes and be on the lake. And that is really, really unique. Um, but I think it's the passion about the, the, the sports. I think it's the passion about – uh, wrestling specifically, I think it's the passionate about the, 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 the people that are passionate about the university here. You know, when you come to Wisconsin, you talk about the Green Bay Packers and you talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. And that's 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 the truth. And uh, we're very, very uh, fortunate to, again, be at this university and to, to be leading this program. Yeah, absolutely. Mad- I spent so much time in Madison. I went to Edgewood College, small college in Madison. Yeah, beautiful. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Love Madison. Uh, do you want to talk about the team that you have this year? You've Absolutely. Had some pretty good, pretty good dual meet victories and. Yeah, so we can kind of run through the the team real quick. Eric Barnett is having a fantastic. He's coming off an All American uh, season last year, and you know one thing that I, I tell Eric this all the time about how proud I am because you know just it, it's his approach to the game every single day and and the way he is all in, no matter if you know he's got fifty percent left in the tank and that's all he's got to give, he's gonna give fifty percent. You know whatever he's got in the tank, he gives it. He brings it, and he he brings it wholeheartedly every day. And there's you can just see the passion in his eyes and the fire in his eyes every time he steps foot in that room. And he's he was voted a team captain for a reason, right? You know this guy is very vocal in the room. He he leads by example. Um, he's always got words of wisdom to say to these guys and encourage the young guys to to continue to do the things that that helped him accomplish his goals. And he understands the standard of this program and what it needs to put that Wisconsin singlet on and. He understands that when you go out there and you, you wrestle for seven minutes, that the style of Wisconsin wrestling is hard-nosed, in-your-face, scoring points, aggressive, hustling back to the center. That's the kind of wrestling we want our, our fans to watch and, and be passionate about. And, and, and Eric is that. You know, he's, he's a dynamic wrestler. He's a guy that's going to get the, the, the fans on their, on their feet and um, excited about you know, him to wrestle because he can pin you from anywhere. And uh, – He's doing a fantastic job. He's wrestled a very tough schedule, and he's continued to, to do a, a great job for us, and he's very excited about the opportunity to head him. Kyle Berwick, Joe Zargo, um, you know, they're, they're having a great career. They're having a great season, and, and Kyle Berwick's figuring it out. He's wrestled a tough schedule, and, um, again, uh, you know, doing everything we ask of him. Joe Zargo, I haven't met too many guys like Joe Zargo that work the way he works. You know, this guy is a tireless worker. Every day, every single day, he's trying to figure out how to get better in any position that he can get better in. Um, and that's very that's very uncommon for a very young kid. I mean, Joe Joe's a freshman, and uh, and that's another thing about this team. You know, as a whole, we're very young. We're only losing two guys next year out of the starting lineup, and um, the majority of them have two three years left in their career. So this this group is going to be together for the next you know however many years together, and that's that's a really unique thing to have a young team. That's having this amount of success, but understands the standard of this program and what we're all about. You know, our approach to uh, to the sport and the way we compete. That, that's awesome. So, moving on, Austin Gomez. He's a transfer from Iowa State. Um, phenomenal man. I absolutely love this guy because he's he's a worker. He's a worker. He 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 leads by example. He's not a guy that's gonna you know rah rah speech in, in the room, but he's gonna put his head down. He goes to work. He's one of the most technically advanced guys I've ever been around. Um, you know, you watch this guy drill. It's like it, it's so smooth and so precise and so technically advanced that this guy's his skills are incredible. Um, you know, and he's doing a phenomenal job for us. And I'm very excited for him. He's having a heck of a of a season himself. Um, and just the way that different the different personality and it, you know him coming to a team again. You know, for, as a transfer, they quickly put him in because they they respected that work ethic from the day he stepped foot on campus. You know, that very first practice, you know, the whole the whole team was watching him and just the way he approached his training and the, the level of intensity and skill that he brought to the room, people quickly knew that this guy was going to be a threat when it came to the NCAA season. So, moving on, Garrett Model and um, I'll talk to him specifically. Garrett Model, we call him G Baby, is having he's. He has been with us four years now, I believe four years, and uh, G-Baby is just hitting his stride, right? G-Baby is, is, has been knocking at the door for the last two or three years, and we've been saying it time and time again that this guy is this close. He's this close. He's this close. He, he would come within a point of beating a really good guy or you know somebody that you know on paper he shouldn't have been being able to compete with. He was this close. And then now you're starting to see the success because he's bought into the different level of techniques and different things and really shoring up his, his baseline skill and understanding the techniques and tactics. And, you know, he goes and beats a guy like Brayton Lee, you know, and he's knocking at the door. And I'm very grateful that he's got another year on underneath his belt next year as well. So um, G-Baby is doing a phenomenal job and uh, very, very grateful for him. He, again, another leader, a guy who was voted a team captain from us. Um, and again, another guy that's not gonna not gonna be in the room yelling at anybody, but he leads by example. He gives everything he possibly has every single time he walks into the room. Um, and and when your leaders are are those type of guys from within, 
they're like an extension of your coaching staff because they understand your standard as a coaching staff and they preach it within the circle, which is amazing. You need that. Your culture is built. You know, you, you need three or four leaders that are continually, you know, saying those those things within the program, and we, we've got those guys. So moving on, uh, 165 DJ Hamidi, and this is a guy I can spend all day talking about because when DJ Hamidi, when we recruited DJ Hamidi to the University of Wisconsin, I was I quickly understood that this guy had high goals, but he was willing to do whatever it took to get to those goals. And when it comes to, you know, obviously staying within the lines of, of uh, you know, whatever legal, but he, 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 the intensity that this guy brings to the room, um, the all-in ask, the all-in perspective that he brings to every single day of the room. And people ask me this all the time, why do you think DJ's having so much success when it comes to his freshman year? He's a true freshman. He was wrestling in high school this time last year. Um, why do you think he's having so much? I have zero surprise because if you've watched for the last 365 days or, or however many days he's been inside this program, if you would watch, this guy does extra every single day. He's jumping rope. He's doing grip work. He's doing extra push-ups. He's doing this. He's asking for extra techniques. Every single day, this dude is doing extra. I have zero surprises. I knew I kept telling him too. I'm like, I, DJ, I promise you, you continue to do these things every day. The little things will add up over time, and over time, you you are gaining so much ground on guys that are fourth and fifth year guys and in, 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 at your weight class. I promise you, you're gonna have so much. To, just keep putting the work in. Put your head down, do the work. And he's all in. He's all in. He's having an extreme amount of success. But again, another guy who is, um, he's, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, the guys love him, and they respect it that work ethic, right? There's, there's a, a sense of respect because this guy shows up every single day. There's not a, there's not a run, a lift, a wrestle, the way he treats people. It's that a hundred percent every single day. And, uh, I love that about him. And he's got a very, very special career ahead of him. And, um, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to DJ Hamidi. And, um, he's a crowd favorite. The, the, the fans love him. 174, 184. These are two guys that we've had the privilege to have, uh, Chris Weiler for, Two years. This is his second year, but but Andrew McNally, this is his first year. Both are transfers from different universities, and both have their own unique stories on how how they got to University of Wisconsin and why they chose University of Wisconsin. And um, these guys have been a blessing. The guys love them. Um, they they give us your full effort every single time they're on the mat, and they're both figuring out. Um, you know, Big Ten. It's it it's a grind. It's 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 a uh, you know. They're figuring it out as we go, and you can see that they're starting to hit their their, their stride. And Chris Weiler just coming off two really really good wins, uh, ranked wins himself, and very excited about uh, the road ahead for those two guys leading leading into really championship part of the season when it comes to the Big Ten and NCAA cha- uh, championships. Ninety seven in heavyweight, <clears throat> Braxton Amos and Trent Hilger. These are our anchors, right? These are our two big boys that that uh, we we fully believe in and. Um, Braxton Amos, again, a very highly touted high school uh, athlete that, that chose the University of Wisconsin because when he came here, he understood the standard of this program and the way we run things around here. But he, he quickly was drawn to the intangibles that the, this university provides its student-athletes when it comes to um, you know academics, when it comes to anything that you can possibly think of under the sun, when it comes to athletic resources, you know, hot, cold, strength, nutrition, the full nine yards. Um, he quickly saw that he could be the best version of himself here. And very excited for him. He's having a great career. And a lot of people ask me, well, you know, is, is he having as good of a season as you as you thought he was going to have? Yeah, Braxton's having a, a great season. He's only lost to a couple guys, and, and he's right there. He's knocking on, knocking on the door to, to, to be national champ. He's just got to continue to get better each day. And um, we're excited for him as we go down this back stretch and, and lead into the Big Ten, champ, Big Ten Championships and NCAAs. And our big boy, Trent Hilger. Everybody calls him Thor. Um, this is probably the best that he has been in his career since we've been here. Um, in his own mentality and in his technical skills and his nutrition, his strength, um, this is the best version of Trent I've seen in a long time. And uh, he's continued to get better. And uh, he brings in an immense amount of passion to our wrestling room every day. He's that, that vocal guy that, that, that uh, if you're not doing the right thing, he's going to grab you. He's going to bring you back in line. And uh, we, we love that about him, and he's he's a natural leader, and uh, again, very excited to have him back next season as well.
Yeah, that's awesome. This team has been super fun to follow this year and really excited. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of youth, so I'm really excited for the future of this team. Uh, so I got three rapid fire questions and I got two quick, go. two quick questions to wrap up. Um, first rapid fire question. What is your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Ooh, I would say Inovino. You know, off the top, if I had to yeah. rapid fire this, Inovino, it's it's a really great uh, restaurant. It overlooks, it's got like a, you know the twelfth or thirteenth floor of a hotel, and it over you know skyline view of uh, of Madison, and you can see the state capitol. It's just a really nice spot. I like to take my wife up there. Awesome. I think Bono had the same answer. All right. All right. What's your favorite event in Wisconsin? Favorite event in Wisconsin. You know, the favorite one I've been to so far in Wisconsin is probably Green, Green Bay Packer game. Um, I really enjoyed that. I loved going over to the Kohl Center and watching the hockey team. Um, I'm kind of ashamed that I, I've only I've been in Madison almost four years now, and I've probably seen about a fourth of it. So uh, my wife's into trying new things, and we're trying to get around Madison and try all these different restaurants and go to as many events as we can. But um, you know, we got so much time. Yeah. And you guys go to Badger football games a lot. That's oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I should have said that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge college football guy, so anytime I can get out there, and, and uh, I'm the guy yelling in the stands calling plays. So. <laughs> nice. All right, last rapid-fire one. Uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin other than the wrestling room? Oh, I like to take my kids up to the Dells. You know, we take them up to the water parks. We take them up. There's a really cool restaurant up there. I got two young ones, a five and a three-year-old. Uh, there's a restaurant up there. I don't know the name of it, but it's uh, you order your food, and it comes out on this little train, and it stops right at your at your uh, table. My, my kids love it. So we go there quite often. Uh, but the Dells is a really cool spot for families. You know, it's very affordable. It's very, uh, you know, you can, it's kind of a one-stop shop. Anything you want to do, you can do in the Dells. Yeah, and there's they host a lot of wrestling tournaments too. They so. did, and that was really cool to see them kind of flourish through this through this COVID. Uh, I think every event in the U.S. was was held right there in the Dells. They yeah. did awesome, for sure. All right, two final questions, then we can wrap up. Um, I know you've only been in Wisconsin for four years, but how has Wisconsin helped shape you into who you are? Well, I think it's 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 exposed me to another level of of just of of resources and excellence and 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 you know what I really love about this place is when we first got on campus and the athletic department kind of was talking to us and I quickly could understand that this place they want to win and they're not ashamed to tell you they want to win and that fires me up because I don't want to be a part of a program that just wants to graduate people and that's okay your job will be safe because you you just we're obviously we're going to graduate people and that's zero problems but I want to be a part of a program that wants to win and they want to win at a high level and they understand they're going to do it the right way. And the university of Wisconsin, they're not ashamed to say this is a winning program and this is a winning athletic department. And we want to win. We want to win. We want to win now. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And, and, and again, it just kind of fires me up. I'm very passionate about, about this sport. Number one, I'm very passionate about what it's done to me as an individual. And I want to give back to my athletes and I want to, uplift them and impact them in a way that they're going to help, you know, it's going to help accomplish their goals and be the best version of themselves. Because ultimately, Corey, at the end of the, at the end of their careers, they're going to look back on those lessons that they learned here at the University of Wisconsin. And this is a very pivotal moment in their, in their life as a young, uh, a young adult. Um, when they go on and they graduate, they're going to be, I want them to be the best citizens and the best fathers and husbands and, and mentors. And you fill in the blanks for, for their kids and their wives and, um, that those 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 mentalities and those lessons they learn here are going to be with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, for sure. Last question. You kind of alluded to it a bit here, but this ties back into the name Wisco Legacy. I ask everybody on the podcast this. So, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, I just want to be. I, I want to be that guy that they look back and you know, and this is a passion of mine, and not a passion, but just a, a hope and. Um, when I'm all done with my coaching career and they look back and they, you know, I'm that kind of guy that, that, that it was reliable, was, was a coach that was passionate about their goals and, um, you know, trustworthy, the whole nine yards, right? I have so many things that come into my brain right now, but when it comes to my Wisco legacy, I want to do it. I want to win. I want to, I want to win at a high level. I want to do it the right way. I want to do it with people that I love and, and people that I care about. Um, I'm very grateful to be here at the University of Wisconsin with my brothers on staff 
and and these student athletes that I I, I love them like they're my own kids, um, and they're I know they're giving me their 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 absolute best every single day, and it's my duty to give my absolute best to them every single day. That's awesome. You're definitely living up to that that legacy. So, anything else before we wrap up? Let's go, man. I, I appreciate all you guys uh, tuning in and and um, you guys give this a share. And you know, I I'm very uh, very open on social media. You can find me anywhere. Um, I, I'm always uh, I'll always message you back if you have a question or a thought or anything. Drop me a message. I'd, I'd love to to chat. You know, if it's within reason. Um, I'm I'm uh, very passionate about what we do and very grateful to have been on the show, Corey. And um, hope hope to see yet another Badger duel coming up soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for joining Whisper Legacy. Let's go. I don't know how you leave that interview not being fired up from hearing about Coach Reader. Uh, Coach Bono, Coach Reader, Coach Gross, they're building a tremendous program here in Wisconsin. Really excited to see what the future has in store for them. Go check out Coach Reader, Wisconsin Wrestling, and the Wisconsin Regional Training Center on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Go follow their pages here. And if you like this podcast, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave us a, rate, a rating and review. Really would help us bump up levels here. Here at Wisco Legacy, we're all about talking to inspiring Wisconsinites and hearing about their journey through life. So uh, if you have anybody in mind, feel free to reach out. Really excited to continue down this journey. Uh, Coach Reader, thank you for joining Wisco Legacy. It was a blast.